1: And well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I should go, so I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and we're trying hard to make it through, but it's harder to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. I love this county so much, you know, it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today, because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken.
2: So JJ, this is a tribute show, and I know you're very modest. Uh, but I have to, I have to start with this quote from Brian Cody. JJ uh, Delaney is the best defender I have ever seen. Like, I mean, when you read that, where were you when you read it? Um, and you think,
1: yeah, um, it's no, It's just something that I never thought to hear him saying. To be honest with you, you know I me mean? because he's very. Uh, look again. It's a, it's a team game, so he's very reluctant to kind of give individual praise which is huh. fair enough there's no issues regarding that you know but I think it's, it's a cute move And um, it was around the 2006 Ireland final and um, we were doing a press night before the Ireland final as well and, and Brian asked me to do it but I was injured um, I wasn't be playing so I said yeah I do it because i take a bit of pressure off one of the players that might want to do it because you know, some players wouldn't want to do it coming up to the final just in yeah. case what would happen you know that kind of way but he said it that way that that night, and I seen on the paper the next day. I kind of look. He he, he wouldn't say that, and he didn't mean. But uh, I think it was the, the greatest stroke he ever pulled because there was no pressure, no one talking about Kenny coming up to that game either, and he was just talking about everyone was talking about his quote, but he he spoke about a player that wasn't on the pain on on the other final day that day as well. So I thought it was <laughs> it was a stroke by Brian as well. Like you know what I mean? You're, you're saying that. He's, uh, he's he's thinking of the game, and he took pressure off anyone that was playing as well, because he's was always talking about who's was me when I wasn't only playing anyway. You know the kind of So I thought right. it was a, a, a massive him as well to be oh, fair, because right. no I, one really kind of called, yeah. kind of called it at the time. You know, I'd say everyone was so probably so shocked that he he kind of gave an individual uh, a bit of praise. But if you think about it, then. It was the one player that wasn't gonna be playing that on that particular Sunday, you know looking
2: away. Of so I'd have to master to Well, yeah, maybe I I thought he said it this about you when you retired. I didn't realise he no, said it no, to you, it you know,
1: just, when you were injured. 06, yeah, yeah, coming up to the final in all six and uh, you know, it just t- took the pressure off the rest of the team, you're not know, looking away, of which I know no problem doing, you're not know, looking away of if, if you want to say had, something like that.
2: You had on like you had five years playing for him at that stage.
1: Yeah, yeah. It would I mean two thousand and one, yeah, up to 2006 then as well. So Look, I've been around the block there a few years at that particular stage, you know what I kind of So yeah. obviously someone must ask him about the injury and all that kind of stuff, and maybe he said it. Um, look, I don't know if it's calculated or not, but it, it took a lot of pressure and took up a lot of uh, media columns there coming up to the match, which is grand because look, I wasn't to be plane, so it was fine talking about me, you know, because there wasn't it was no issue that way whatsoever, you know.
2: Right. So the best defender he's ever seen. And I was looking at your Lake Regale and you were saying you weren't, you didn't think you'd make the minors. Now, are you being modest there again?
1: No, no, I didn't because I didn't, um, I didn't make the under-14. I didn't make the under-16s. Um, I wasn't playing in Kieran's in College either. I was playing out in my uh, the secondary school out in Corsair in Johnstone. Um, I was playing on that. Look, if you're not inside in Kieran's, you're not really in the shop window for Agam's sake. You know the kind of way right. I saw, no, I didn't make the under-16s but I made the minor when I was 17 but I wasn't it wasn't something in my head now. I had to make it I had to do this uh, look, I, I was just kind of tipping away I was enjoying my hurling as well at that particular time but look, I was lucky enough to make the the the, uh, the minors for a couple of years but no, I, I wasn't being modest I didn't think it was to be honest with you um, I didn't think it was at that level because you're in Kilkenny back then you're playing North Kilkenny then you've made the, the whole Kilkenny team you're playing that on that team until Kieran's are knocked out or win they're all the championships so when them Kieran's has come back they're probably 8, 10, 12, 14 of them could be on the panel you're away, so yeah. you're not fully sure you're on the panel until Kieran's has come back when you do and you make it you're happy enough then after that you know
2: Right, and was Kieran's too much of a drive for you, or did you not try to say, "Here, I need to go to this bloody school"?
1: I know it was um, either get up at half eight and go into school at ten to nine, or else get the bus, <laughs> or else get the bus at eight o'clock into Kilkenny. So no, I said, right, I like me sleep too much. I didn't like me hurling over me sleep that, <laughs> that <particular time. laughs> Well, that,
2: that's a good one. So, like, I mean, I was reading that at, at, in and around that time, you were playing uh, wing forward or corner forward for for Fenians, and yeah. you'd, you'd you'd be dropping back as an extra defender. Um. I
1: know. I suppose it kind of drifted back. You know, I know myself really, and um, like any other young player coming up with, with our senior team, you're trading the forwards first because you're obviously more valuable up in the forwards, you know. That kind of, so I don't know, you're up there, but um, no the year after that. Now I kind of brought back wing back and, and cornerback after that, so I kind of drifted around a few different positions. already. but I suppose I know myself. I was kind of going back to where I was comfortable, really, more than anything. But um, look, I was a forward up to when I was probably 13, 14 years of age. I uh, never played in the backs at all. It's actually a funny story. How I got started in the backs is, was that I was walking downtown and uh, the Phoenix were playing a minor champ- well, minor league game. And um, I was only 14. I wasn't even talking out. I was walking down. We were stuck to numbers. So I was walking down the town and they asked me what I played. I said, Brandon, no bother at all. I'll, I'll just fill a position because they were stuck for 15 at the time. And I thought I was going to play in corner four because I was playing forwards all, all my life up to that, up to, up to the under. 14 years of age you know so they brought me back in cornerback and I, I stayed I played the whole season minor that year cornerback and I never looked back since you know the kind of way It's was funny enough if I hadn't walked down that time that day I could still be a forward you know the kind of way could
2: still be a forward because your two uncles obviously Billy Fitzpatrick and Pat Delaney who won loads of All-Irelands themselves they were both forwards right so like I mean I yeah. presume that you wanted to be like them
1: ah you would be yeah and um, when I was growing up um, P.J. he first cousin of mine with his Pat's son he he hurled in a 93 I learned team with and he got one two or three that particular day so yeah look that was the probably game I, I watched most when I was young as well so obviously no one wants to be the corner back there that's hitting the ball with the out of the field you want to be the, the, the forward that's scoring the one two one three and winning the game for the for the team you know
2: yeah so that's it so like I mean according to your wikipedia you can confirm this or deny it you <laughs> only scored one point in your whole championship career
1: and that might tell a you I, I wasn't going to make it as a forward either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've scored a find against Offaly in, in a More Park. And on the same day, if there was Hawkeye in a More Park, I <laughs> <laughs> might have got that find, to be honest with you. you know. But uh, no, I see my job is hitting the ball off the far. Looking at the of Greg Henry and Eddie, um, say Richie Power. And um, all these guys get the ball into them. They're, they're. That's what they're there for, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I hit the post in the Ireland final, two thousand eight. Sorry, right, but I don't know do you, do you count that? Is that an on target or not? I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, well, I wonder how many shots you took to get this one point.
1: Yeah, well, a few. <laughs> of them, but I learned my lesson. I think it was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Maybe we played Dublin in in um, in Crow Park, and I wandered up the field in a solo run. I pulled me hamstring at the twenty-one. So after that, then I never ventured up the field again.
2: <laughs> but I suppose like I mean when did your mindset change into just pure defending you know because like I mean if you played in the forwards when you're young everyone kind of dreams of scoring a point you know the night before a big yeah. game when did your mind change to, to thinking about hooks and blocks and you know stuff
1: like that yeah my instinct was never really to go forward to be honest with you um, I would. I was more comfortable going back into full going as wing back I was more comfortable going back into full back then really um, back and helping out the full back then, rather than going forward and helping right. the forwards really um I didn't really have a huge strike on myself either. Um was when I was standing out, I could get the distance, but on the run I wasn't like you see Tommy doing it or something like that and give a savage strike Hoagie as well, was brilliant at it hitting on the run. But I never really had the distance or the accuracy really more than that to be honest with you. So I was more comfortable going back into the full back lane, giving a dig out and get, and getting the ball up the field as, as as quickly as we could really.
2: All right, okay. So that makes that makes a bit of sense. Um I suppose. But I said even with the wind some of the days and you're on the halfway line, you know, you should be thinking of taking a shot.
1: <laughs> I didn't train the woolly really, and I never went over, so I said, right, <laughs> if, I do, if I do that in the match, uh, Brian Gordy, give me a curly finger now and take me off. But look, again, we was drilled into what was the best man, best position, and it wasn't about individuals or that, so I was getting the ball into the, the danger man, really, I suppose, especially if you knew Henry already was on top inside the full forwarding, what's the point in me taking a shot from 65, 70 yards out, like get the ball into them like, uh, as much as possible, you know
2: yeah, so it's an incredible thing considering you weren't sure you'd make minor that you were brought straight into the seniors out of after your second year minor in two thousand and one, yeah. and it wasn't like an impressive minor team. Like, an, you know, you, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't even make the Leinster final in two thousand.
1: No, awfully It's so the we were the first team minor team to lose um, within ten years. There, Tommy was on it, and uh, David Herity, Jackie Taggy was on it as well. So, yeah, we we're the black sheep of the Henny hurling there for for a while, but. In a way, that summer kind of worked out great for me. A lot lot of people don't know this, but um, Gerard Henderson was a stalwart a player and Clikennie player but well, he was a selector on the senior team at the time and I was training with the club that summer when we got knocked out in the minor championship and Ger asked me to go in and train with the Clikennie uh, team coming up to the, the final as well and actually was, I was in playing corner forward there as well so um, look obviously I'd done a small bit then, uh, to kind of get Brian's attention really more for the coming year and the next year then I was down in, in WIT in, in Watford and WIT played Kilkenny in, in a practice match here as well and I was back that particular night or that particular day and it went well for me that day so I'd say from going in the year before and um, just to tone the line and making up numbers um, with the senior team and then playing that game against Kilkenny seniors and I was actually brought in after league campaign so I made my championship debut before I made my league debut you know so it's just, um, you know, always a couple of things kind of worked out in my favour but I'd be forever, forever grateful now to Jerry Anderson for giving me the opportunity to go in and, and train and kind of um just give me the opportunity to train with these guys as well. It was, it was huge at the time.
2: Wow yeah, definitely. So, who are you, American? As a young um, corner forward, which? You're not, who not you? <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> who was Johnny
1: Butler you I, used, I used to have uh, Johnny Butler there. He's from the Grey Bali Callan. Was tight corner back, and every time you spoke behind, he used to poke my hand, hand to got me straight away. And he'd be <laughs> laughing away at himself. I didn't know what I was doing. Really, to be honest, you know. But I was just happy to be in there. Really, to be honest, you know. But uh, yeah, it was it was funny. It's a great learning curve for myself just to see. Like of Willie o'connor and he was a, like, obviously a hero to me you now i was kind of a i was always kind of a back's instinct and, and Willie o'connor was, was the best best back i ever seen hurling on his heli or, or with kenny either and just to see him and how he trained really more than that kind of opened my eyes to a huge thing look you're you're way away from this now at the moment so you going to have to get yourself head tuned in like
2: right right so you think it was that waterford it game that really as a cornerback made you stand out or did you have good performances with the minors
1: uh, no, I wouldn't say the overall impressive performance with the minors, To be honest with you, um, probably Rock even man didn't do a huge amount. But I didn't 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 do a huge amount either. But um, the big thing was that uh, WIT game. Um, I was on the panel that year after, and a few lads were saying to me, geez, you really you hold well that particular day?" And you kind of made me notice that you, that you could actually hurl at this level. So that game went very very well for me that particular day. But look. Ooh, WIT, we were hurling, we were in our championship mode at that time, we had a lot of hurling, a lot of training under, under our belt at that particular stage, so probably the, the lads coming back from January, February, there Kenny probably didn't have a huge amount, which kind of suited me down to the ground as well, so I had a good bit done at that particular stage, and, and my touch was in, and I played well that particular day, so that kind of probably prompted um, Brian to give me the ring and, and call me into the, the senior setup.
2: Right, okay, because that's interesting, because like Henry, Henry, Tommy Walsh, you, Henry and Tommy Walsh, for me, were the three, you know, Hall of Famers on that Kilkenny team, and even Richie Hogan, like, you know, these fellas, none of them came straight in out of minors. Mm. It's just some it's some kind of trajectory you went on from not thinking you'd make the minors to being yeah. the first one called in off it. Of. It's
1: a huge thing, and I suppose, look, um, your time is a huge thing as well, because uh, William Connor retired that particular year, and there was a cornerback position up for grabs and I'm presuming there was a lot less tried now in the league as well for Kilkenny like I wasn't on the panel that particular time but I only came in after the league and I had probably six weeks to get ready for for, um, for championship now so um, that was very, very lucky. If Willie O'Connor has said on oh, from the year, I wouldn't have started the cornerback no way. I couldn't have you couldn't right. start a, a lad who was in for six weeks in, in front of a lad who's there for the last ten or twelve years, you know. So look I, I don't know okay and kind of um, broke even in the first game so took off for that, but look at a huge learning curve in a semi final against Galway as well, which I uh, which I'll never forget.
2: Yeah. And so what's it like going into a dressing room then with DJ Carey, you know, Charlie Carter, all these fellas in two thousand and one?
1: Yeah, it was huge. Like you I was up in the up in watching the '99 Ireland up in Car Park and the Thousand Ireland as well. Like you know, the these are, are hurling heroes really, that and what's a brilliant thing for me now. I, Peter Barry used to live down just on on the Waterford border as well. So we anyone that's staying down in WIT or in college WIT always got lift back down with Peter as well. So I got to know him on a personal level as well. But what um, I can't underestimate what he done for me as a player and a person as well. Like you know, he just was the Kind of standard bearer as well. I remember going back in the affordable housing, it was kind of Peter. I was supposed to be injured, um, broken hand or broken broken arm, whatever it was. And uh, I kind of whistled one last. I thought he was injured, but Peter's never injured. He just wouldn't. The determination that guy has is just phenomenal. Like you know, and just to kind of pick his brain on the way down the trips, back down for training, were were, were brilliant for me. Not to be a person who was brilliant for me.
2: Right, okay. So he was like the leader of that dressing room at that time more
1: yeah, than anybody was, else. He was huge, he was huge. Um, just a motivation factor and he was drove on training hundred percent. Now he by his own admission, he wasn't the best player in the panel, but he's the best attitude I, I ever seen from any individual player.
2: Right, okay. And like I mean, I suppose that rubs off on everybody else. Is he setting the tone then for that brilliant team that comes along?
1: Yeah, a lot of lot learned from him. Um I tell Henry if you talk to Henry he'd learn a lot from him there as well. Um but yeah, look them guys setting standards, DJ setting standard, John Power, these guys as well. are huge players, Andy Comfort and just to get to share the direction with these that you can't not but learn off, off these guys as well. They've been proven winners, but they go out and kill each other out in the field. And put after then, you'll be all laughing and joking. It's all for the good little Kenny as well. So it's, yeah. it was a huge learning curve for me, huge learning curve.
2: Within three years then, you've got Player of the Year in 2003, which is unbelievable. And like I don't know if you were you nominated in 2004, because based off the semi-final and final performances, you were almost more deserving in 2004. Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, I was nominated in two thousand four, but um, Sean Og had a, a fantastic year as well. He yeah. had a great, great final too, you know. So yeah, I was nominated for the top three for two thousand four. That was I was kind of. Not I'm just going back in 2004 campaign, but you'd be worried because um, you know you have your standards here. You have to set from 2003 and you have to maintain that result. But the top person myself, I was kind of small bit better in 2004 as well. But there's just no complaint. Sean, know oh, we had a, a phenomenal year, like and uh, he had a brilliant campaign, so he was well deserved on it. But personally myself, I was happy just to be up in that reckoning again, just to, be, to, to just be talked at that top three in going in line for the player the year again, which which is huge for me. But that that was knowing that my staff and it's worth of slipping so it was a huge thing.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely was. Kavir, I want to fast forward before we get Brian Cody um, on the line to your retirement. Like, I mean, my opinion is that you retired too too young. You're just after yeah. winning, you're winning an All-Star, you won an All-Ireland, you could go on the following year and equal Henry's 10 All-Irelands and you pulled
1: the plug. Yeah, look, I suppose it's, it's kind of very easy to look at it that way at the moment. Going back, if you were to go back in 2015, you weren't guarantee you are going to win the All-Ireland either, you know the yeah, kind of way. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of your rose the glass, you looking back at it. But no, after 2013, um, I had my wife, fasting there, and I was going to give it one more year. Um, she actually went away to America for, for work, for, for just to enhance her own career as well. So I was kind of said, right, I'll give it one year and give it me all for that 2014 campaign if I wasn't going to... Um, wasn't going to start, it wasn't going to be on the 15, it wasn't going to be the 24. I was going to give them me the all and leave all my cards on the table. So realistically, if, if I went back in 2015, I would have been lying to myself. Um, I just said, right, 2014, that was my lot. Mentally, I was finished after 2014, anyway. Um, right. Fair enough, delays could have went, um, but I might, might have cost me Kenya and Ireland. You never know, you never know these things. But mentally, I was just done with the whole inter county um, scene, really, more than that. I was looking forward to going back to the club and, and trying to give them a few more years and trying to hurl away with them as well. But no, mentally, I've just finished with the whole uh, inter-county kind of scene really more than that. But again, if I wasn't going to start on the thousand fourth to like any team, I was going to enjoy every single minute of it, every game that came. I was going to say, "This could be my last game. Just enjoy it, embrace it." And um, one great um, kind of advocate to me was brother Damien as well, and he, he was brilliant to me. Just Mindy, just getting me head right for the whole year in that campaign. Just enjoy it, just take it all in, and he made me kind of enjoy the year a lot more than probably I would have if if he wasn't uh, in my life at that particular time.
2: Right, right, okay. So, if Ashley wasn't gone away to America, you might have finished after two thousand and
1: thirteen, would you? No, I was going to give. I wasn't happy with two thousand and thirteen. And right. um, fitness wise, touch wise, I, I wasn't where I should have been, um, and probably if you're really harsh on yourself and you look back, you can only, you can bluff everyone else and bluff your own teammates. You can bluff your manager, but you can't bluff yourself. And I kind of had a hard conversation with myself. I look, I wasn't fit enough. I wasn't putting in enough gym work. I wasn't, and the touch wasn't right. So I was just going to rectify all the things I could rectify in my own game. And look, it was out of my control who's, if was if Brian's going to pick me or not, that was completely up to him. But I was going to get put myself in the best position for Brian to make sure that he, I give him no choice when he picked me, you know.
2: Right, okay, because you had the famous hook in 2014. I've heard some people saying that you would have looked upon that hook, even though it was so spectacular, that five years before you wouldn't have had to make that hook because you wouldn't have, the danger wouldn't have happened.
1: Anyway. <laughs> I know, look, you lucky you can't say that now because um, <laughs> the way the way the move went, Bubbles give a lovely, lovely pass, to shame shamey, shamey, it was gone. Obviously, they were obviously so telepathic at that particular time and, and they were getting a bit of space. And But no, look, I couldn't guarantee I would have got the ball before Jamie that big because he got the run of me, simple as that. But there was a few occasions within the year like that um, the ball didn't break our way, but during the year now, not just a temporary final or any of that, just during the year that I felt myself that if the ball had broke our way, I wouldn't have got there. You know, the kind way. And I kind of had a few warning, a few red flags in my own head that my standards were slipping and I wasn't really kind of happy with that either but I was going to finish out the year no matter what and if I got cleaned in the final I would have finished anyway you know what I mean my mind was yeah. made up and if I went been back 2015 I would have been back for completely the wrong reasons I would have told I wouldn't have done the same amount I would have done in 2014 so again I wouldn't have been the same player I wouldn't have enjoyed it because I was bluffing myself going back for another year for completely the wrong reasons, you know. So yeah. no, I was 2014 mentally, as I said, I was finished with the whole intercounty scene, and and I was just happy to finish up. Look, I couldn't have wrote it any better, to be honest with you, winning um, an all-star uh, and and winning the I learned Ireland final after the immense, and I was the last person to walk off the field after the replay as well, just because I just wanted to. So could take it all in that this is my last time walking off the field and it was just such a sense of achievement just to walk off the field the last man dressing, No one known when I meet myself and I actually knew. What was going on, and um, it was brilliant just to walk off and finish up the, the whole inter-county chapter like that,
2: yeah. And incredible, like you were cap- standing captain that day because Leicester Ryan wasn't on the team. So, you yeah. did for me, you did all the, the enjoyable stuff. You led the team out as a captain, you led them in the parade, you know, you, yeah. you introduced them to the president, and you didn't have to make the speech, which is kind yeah. of a bit yeah. of, yeah. of pressure.
1: Yeah. That was brilliant, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's fair to say, huge credit to uh, the Clara Club that particular year, and I used it, I owe them an immense kind of credit for us But they nominate me because Leicester. Was um, If Leicester wasn't starting, uh, they would nominate me for um, captain that year. And that was a huge kind of. Um, right. It was brilliant for me. I never got a chance to captain again as well. And I just want to you know, thank Clara for that as well. But. Um, that Leinster, our league final, um, I had a chat with Leicester before the game. We played to up up in Central Stadium and Leicester was the out now captain. Uh, look, fair enough was captain leading out in the day, but he earned that right with Clara the year previously they won the, the county championship. But I went over to to Leicester in, in dressing before the game. So look if we win today, you're gonna up to lift the cup and it's gonna be like that for the year and that and that's it because you're the captain and, and you you've had that right with with Clara at the he won the county final last year as well, so I think that took a bit of um, pressure off him as well. He didn't want to address it either, but it was only right that he went up because again he won the county champions last year by right he should be the captain and, and that was only right in my head because if they me around I'd want to lift the cup because I want to be club as well. But is what I kinda of had to clarify that with with Leicester before the, the Leicester championship or before the, the league final and he done that league final and there wasn't any questions after that. That was it. He, Leicester final he he went up and um All the final then and he had a, he had unbelief, he made a better speech than what I would have ever done anyway because he done the all <laughs> Irish as well.
2: Right. Okay. Fair enough. Right. We'll leave it there, JJ, because Brian Cody has joined us on the line. Now, Brian, we're talking there about the very nice gesture Clara made um, by nominating um, JJ as captain should Leicester not make the team.
0: Yeah, well obviously in Kilkenny the, the format is the county champions have the right to nominate a captain of the team and as it turned out Leicester was the captain and if he weren't being picked for a particular game then they'd nominate who they would have as captain and JJ was the choice It was a surprise to nobody of course um, I suppose every club in the county would have been thinking the same way because um, you're looking for a natural leader a natural uh, player who had a command respect of everybody players, management supporters the whole place and he was a top player and it's only and it's great that he had that opportunity
2: yeah like I mean is that rule a bit frustrating to you at times uh, Brian the likes of Jade, you couldn't nominate the likes of JJ or say Tommy Walsh you know for captain well, to be
0: fair to be fair no I'm, I'm, I'm very very happy with it to be honest because I mean the club scene in, in McKinney is, is huge and I, you know I'm, if the club wins the county final it's obviously in the case I mean if the Phoenix won a county final in, in JJ's time and JJ was if somebody else were appointed as captain by team management like it would be uh, be voted himself on the club. So, I mean, it's worked out very, very well for the county.
2: Right, okay. JJ was telling me there that he thinks the first time you noticed him was in a challenge game against WIT.
0: Um, it's a long time ago since JJ I started, since I started since JJ I, know, so I, <laughs> I, I would have been obviously been aware of JJ Like I mean he'd be aware of all the young players growing up and, and his pedigree was fairly, fairly serious anyway but I think really the, the the standout time for me he was always a player he was going to be coming through anyway but I remember him playing a club match with um, the Fenians. I think it was out in Dex Pitch I can't remember for certain who we were playing against but he was 18 I suppose 18 maybe had 9 at the time but he just kind of stood out completely you know and I went home and I said I'm going to ring that fellow now and see would he be interested in coming in so um, that was really the the, the memory I had of him for, for essentially for making the first call but it was going to
2: happen anyway Right and JJ you were in the library in WIT when you got the call you thought someone was messing
1: yeah, I was studying hard at the time. All right, now. I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't wasn't in there too long. But uh, yeah, look again. I just probably I wasn't on my radar at a particular time. I didn't think. I will be getting the call, you know, because I didn't get any, any, any league any games or, or, or any of that. So, yeah, but look, again, at the start, I thought it was someone uh, taking the place out of me. All right, now, but then I the, uh, kind of recognised Brian's, Brian's voice there. And uh, look, I was jumped at the chance. It was phenomenal, like, you know, it was brilliant. It was smiling face, packed the bags out of the library straight away.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you, you described him as the best defender you've ever seen, um, Brian. Like, I mean, that's some praise from somebody, you know, of your stature.
0: Yeah, well, I I think I probably said I have never seen a better defender because I'm always loath to say somebody is the greatest ever. Right. Um, because I can't say that. I mean, are the greatest I've ever seen. So I'm some phenomenal defenders, like, you know, with ourselves and with all the other counties as well. But I would always have said that I've never seen a better defender than JJ. And I think it was fairly... Um, the same opinion would have been there within our panel the whole time with all the players like I mean they would all just been way up there I mean for me he just was the ultimate defender because I mean you can talk about holders and players and attackers and defenders but there's a phenomenal um, art of defending that maybe sometimes forgotten about completely and players can stand out and play magnificent games maybe do a few lovely things maybe pop over a couple of pints even but I mean maybe they're not the actual defensive part of their game is not as it should be but he just guaranteed that every single time. His ability to kind of, his ability to defend was absolutely everything. He, he, he could. Um, his anticipation was perfect. He had a brilliant hand, superb in the sky, uh, brilliant ability to stop players winning ball in the sky. His, one thing that probably stood out for him was, if he weren't forced to the ball, his ability just get in a flick on the ball, and... Yeah. Um, Touch to flick the ball away to deny the man possession of the ball I mean every forward wants instant possession of the ball but JJ had an uncanny ability to deny the forward instant possession of the ball which gave him the advantage of this and he also, also had that kind of um I wouldn't say a mean streak, but I could have won it, I suppose. <laughs> he was totally, totally fearless and he, he could play on whatever terms the game has to be played on. He was well capable of doing it.
2: JJ, there's one thing I always noticed about you in all the clips where you're dispossessing fellas. Say they have managed the odd time to you know, get the ball ahead of you. Is when you're running after them, it doesn't, never looks like you're panicking. You're just waiting for that ball to pop up off the hurl to flick it off it.
1: Yeah, well I don't know if fair enough it looks that way, but inside now we'll be panicking already. just you need to <laughs> just get back to them as quickly as possible because uh, obviously no longer they have the ball and the the closer they are getting to the goal too. But um yeah, no as Brian said I just tried to deny the 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 far possession and obviously if you can into their head now, and on top of the first 10, 15 minutes, it was that was always the thing I was trying to do. Like, in you to get into their head, and no matter where you turn, you're there for him. And they know that no matter it's going to be a long day at the office. Then that's what you're trying to do, you know. But yeah, no, look, it's the case of trying to get the ball back off them as quickly as possible. And obviously, if you get the ball back, we're back in the attack again. Like you know what I mean. So it'll take the pressure off our, our backs at the time
2: yeah what's the best game you ever saw him play Brian you, or can you remember I know there's been a lot of them we're doing some show nostalgia shows and in 2004 the Dan Shanahan who's coming up on the show in a little while that performance and even Ben O'Connor in the final he never gave him a look at it
0: yeah you see I mean you, you, it's, for me it would be almost impossible to, to, to pick out uh, again I think is the best he ever played because and um, there were so many, his, his, his consistency I suppose, what stands out completely. You know that, I mean, could you pick out a bad game he played? You couldn't. I mean, yeah. I couldn't for certain, or even a, even a mediocre one, if you like, you know. Um, and even when, you know, at times when there were, the challenge was seriously put up to him. Like, that happens to everybody. He was there. He was always unflinching and always came out um, just really, really good. So he had top-notch performances on so many times. I mean, he's, he's, level of awards testified to that and everything else, but again, it was just a constant guarantee that you had with JJ that going out in that pitch he knew what he was going to do but also that a huge part of his game of course also was the fact that he was totally conscious of the other defenders and the other players around him as well, that he was never just I look after my own patch he he just a complete ultimate defender for the team and for everybody else.
2: Right. The big, the big talking point with JJ O'Brien is to switch to full back. Um, so he's player of the year in 2003. Uh, he should probably have been player of the year in 2004. Um, like, I mean, I think it was 2005 you, you, you switched him there the first time when um, Hickey was injured.
0: Yeah, he thought he was slowing down if so he came to me and asked me to a full back. <laughs> no, look, I mean, um we at the time at the time we, we needed a full back and I was injured and um you, you way, I mean, I in my head it told me it had to be JJ. You know, was he the best wing back, was he the the, the best player we wanted to play left to have that course he was and did we want to take him out of it no but I mean defending is defending like you know and the reality of the game is the real defenders could play all six positions and JJ has done that so many times for club and county played all the various six positions at ease, almost so a full back yeah. being a huge hugely important position who else would you go for except JJ
2: What did you think JJ when you were asked like I know you'll say you'd play anywhere for Kenny but like I mean, you, you're you're going so well out on the wing. Would you would you even be a part of you saying that, oh, Jesus Brian? Leave me out there.
1: <laughs> I would be very much say that to Brian. To <laughs> you, but. No, so I was I was, look, I was fortunate enough because um, with the club I was playing full back there for a few years anyway. So it wasn't really a, right. an alien position to me because um, Peter Daney would have been on the panel and any panel at the time, and he's the same club. So he was always centre back, you know. So. I was playing full-back, so it wasn't like the big move that everyone thinks it was because every club game I was playing, I was playing full-back anyway, you know, so it was it was kind of fairly enough. Look, I go anywhere, I no issues there whatsoever. Look, I would have preferred seven hundred percent but give me the number three jersey, I, I'll take with both hands as well. But again, just to clarify the mind, it wasn't a big move because I was playing number three with the club for, for a few years anyway, so it wasn't a big move for me, to be honest.
2: Right, OK. And Brian, in 2006 then, he was obviously injured. He did his cruise and that's when you said um, you hadn't seen a better defender. Now, was that uh, a bit of mind games to take the pressure off your team or were you feeling sorry for JJ at the time?
0: oh look it was cruel what happened JJ I mean the yeah. fact that he was going to miss the Ireland final of, you had absolutely total sympathy for him but I mean it was a question of you know it happens in players on a regular basis injury happens and we didn't tend to kind of dwell on it no JJ didn't either you know he, he carried on but I mean I was really telling the truth um, we were just after losing the player, a player I had never seen a better player than him and a better defender than him so that's the kind of quality of player we were losing but you know at the end of the day we just get on with it and somebody takes his place and and. That's why he he would have been there driving the thing on as well.
2: I w- I was reading JJ. I was think it was on your Lake Regale. You were saying that was a huge one to miss because a lot of your Kilkenny teammates say that was one of their big All Ireland memories. Is stopping that three in a row for Cork.
1: Yeah, it was a huge thing. I had to go over the field that particular day, and Cork were were, were the running team and everyone thought they couldn't be stopped and at the performance they put in why wouldn't you not be want to be a part of that you know and it's frustrating sitting in the line looking at it but i was so happy that they did win it and yeah they referenced it for for a couple of years after as well but yeah it was just some part of me that always wanted to be a part of that performance because it was so complete it's just pure hunger walk work rate savagery and the will not to be best and that particular day was, was huge from the one to 15 and a few guys that came on and just felt on the bus coming up to the match it was just the management the physios the players were all on the same hymn sheet and yeah it was just unfortunate not to be a part of it but again I was just so happy for for, for the lads to do it on the field as well it was just a bit of jealousy on my part really not to be a part of it that's all ah
2: yeah but well that's only that's only natural Brian I'm slagging him about only scoring one point in 66 performances <coughs> what's your thoughts on that honest I'm
0: surprised he scored one time. <laughs> 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 that's a right?
1: that as well right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no it wouldn't have been JJ wasn't one of these flamboyant players I mean that, that's probably what made him so outstanding he wasn't flamboyant he was totally efficient um, it was never a question of thinking about I'll do something magical I'll do something that his main priority at all times like he's more or less said was he was to defend he, he was a defender denied a man possession win the ball get it back get the team on the attack and He's I mean. That, that's the player he was, and I'm, I'm, I can't remember that point even. I'd love to ever think about games he, game.
2: he was telling us here that it was against Offley in a Moor Park, and if there was a Hawkeye in a Moor Park, he might not really even have gotten that point. <laughs> it's
0: probably, it was probably a Welsh Cup game. I imagine if I was no an yet, an you game, we right, <laughs> were in trouble at the time. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, rallying yeah. score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And then>
2: That's one thing I was wondering, because we know Tommy Walsh could score a lot from wing forward and he played midfield. But when he went back wing back, he didn't, you know, shoot as much, Brian. Is that is that the way you just want your defenders to defend and get it up to the forwards who score?
0: No, I mean, I think it's a question of the kind of player they are. I mean, I would never, I, I would always want a player to go and just be the player they are. They're picked because they can do the particular job they're, they're needed to do. And some players have that Um you know that attack and kind of style if if the opportunity arises it wasn't JJ's style like I, again I'm not sure what Tommy did from way back as a point of view of scoring but I would certainly be more interested in, in making sure that the player did more defending than scoring at points
2: yeah okay that's fair enough um, what was JJ like in the dressing room I was reading that he made had a few words in the 2012 final is that right? So, it means I was afraid he might
0: fall asleep in the dressing room because JJ in the, <laughs> JJ in the dressing room was, was totally relaxed almost. You know, you had to crawl apart, we'll think of crawl apart because of the, there's an area there where you're going and beat the ball against the ball and such like and a lot of players do that. But JJ tended to sit down in the dressing room, look through the programme be very, very quiet while everybody was walking around doing things. And then most fellas might be even half-talked out and JJ might get up and start getting changed. But then when the, <laughs> when, the, when the action was ready to start, he wasn't a massive talker, to be fair about it, but whenever he did speak, it was worth hearing and it was something that players t- t- took in very, very much. So he wasn't um the big, big, big massive driver, driver talker because he was hugely concentrating on his own performance. So that probably stood to him massively because you could see him in his head just thinking, thinking and preparing and preparing because that's the most important thing for every player come match day to make sure you go and ready to go yourself. But his contributions in team meetings or match days or player or, or dressing rooms were
1: short but crucial is that fair enough Jason? I would say yeah 100% I wouldn't be want to get in now and kind of uh, get the whole thing going but I have a conversation with the guys that if you're full back the two quarterbacks and, and the wing and the halfback in front of you just to make sure everyone knows their job really more than that and that's probably more uh, what I'd rather do and just to make sure that everyone knew their own particular job and, and when we go out there if I'm covering and then you cover me, you know the kind of way. So I'd rather have one-on-one conversation than a big rousing speech, really. It wasn't really, if I tried to do that now, I'd say lads would start laughing at me because it just wasn't in character, you know the kind of way. So it's yeah. just, just a rather one-on-ones.
2: Well, I'm picturing you being so relaxed in Croke Park, reading the programme, maybe with your legs crossed like this is just a Welsh Cup game while everyone else is getting rubs and kind of psyching themselves up. Sure, it's
1: still a hurling match at the end of the day. Like You have to go <laughs> out there and hurl, that's all. Like, you wouldn't want to worry about what crowd is out there at all.
2: You were probably sitting beside Cha Fitz because he struck me as a fella who would take it all in his stride as well.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sitting too far away. You saw him ever kinda sit um kind of seat areas in a would be too far away from Cha right now, to be fair. But I always try to get talked out before Cha, right? <laughs> here, what
2: what about what about the fight with Larry Corbett in Nolan Park, Brian? Like, I mean I slag him on the show here about punching Larry Corbett's helmet. Like it made no sense punching a punching a face guard. Was that the first time you ever saw him doing that? Ah, uh,
0: JJ was very, very. He, he always um, shunned away from any kind of phys- physicality like that. So would be, <laughs> be, especially I mean, coming from Johnstown, the Phoenix club,
1: there wouldn't be known for any kind of physical play like that. So we, we'd be there, <laughs> You
0: yeah, know, JJ, for sure, yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right, right, every, everyone sees JJ as like an angel on the field, but Damien Hayes kind of painted a different picture of him and you're kind of alluding to a different picture. He was able to hide it well then, obviously, to the general public.
0: I, I don't know what Damien said about him, to be honest around my dad, but I mean, JJ did any of just. I mean, there was no... No stupidity, no no dirt involved, or, or anything that at all. It's a question of doing the job that he had to do, and I mean, it's a physical game, and and he he, he was well able to do all that part of it. But I mean, that's everything. I mean, a back who goes out stupidly fouling and all that kind of stuff is a fool, like you know. So I mean, it wasn't a Beer was not ever getting blown like that. He was able to defend in every aspect of the, of, the, of the game that was required, and 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 that's that's as he was.
2: What what were you thinking in too late 2014 when you saw his name popping up on your phone and he was ringing you to break that news to you?
0: Well, he didn't have to break the news because once I saw JJ ringing me, he wasn't wishing me a happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I seeing how it was when I was out there saying, Bye, I'm and everything's okay with you. You know, that wasn't
2: JJ. So I knew exactly the message that was coming. Right, okay. And did you try to talk him around or were you were you surprised by it after the year he had? I
0: wasn't shocked, to be honest. You know, um, I, I was. I, I, I was. It had crossed my mind that he might. And I just don't know why, to be honest about it. And but when I saw it, I said, "Oh, here we go." JJ telling me the story now. Um, I would have said, I mean, I would always say to players, "Look, good. it's your call." I'm not going to try and convince anybody. I'm pretty sure I said to JJ. There's, there's probably more in you, JJ, but it's your call. Yeah, you decide if your mind is made up, I'm not going to try and convince you. But um, if you want out my opinion, I would imagine there's more, more there, but I'm not, absolutely not going to try and change your mind.
2: I think there's a great line, JJ. It's from uh, Mick Roach, who played with um, Tip, as you know. He said, it's better to be asking someone why they went rather than why they didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, true alright oh, but yeah. it was the the decision was made at the start of the year really and uh, again we can not explain it previously but I didn't mind to backtrack on, on, on my own decision I'd be going back for the wrong reasons and I'm thinking I would have been taking up uh, a position on the committee panel that someone else would rather have another you know, kind of way so it just meant you know, we had to was, was, was finished with the whole inter-county scene and Decision better, and even I wouldn't want to ring and making a phone call to Brian. I didn't expect him to to try. And I had to have to be fully hundred percent committed because if you were going to ring and Brian to ask him to to change your mind. Look, that's not going to happen. He's going to take your own decision. So look, it was just the decision was probably the hard phone call to make. To be fair, it was I had your your name up a few times before. I actually pressed the, the the call button <laughs> all right now. To be fair, but uh, yeah, it was just look at the end of the year. Really, that's, that's that's the hardest part. That was the hardest part to make that making that, call, uh, making, that uh, making that call. Really.
2: Well, that was it. It was in your head for the whole year, JJ. But mm-hmm. then the, the the call to Brian was the the final kind of act. So I'm pre- I presume you were nervous. You're cancelling a few calls.
1: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. You just look. There's no going back if you make that call. That the season is in your head for the year. But once you make that call, that's it. It's final. You know. So um, yeah. Look, it wasn't easy easy call to make. But again, um, just kind of had to be done really.
2: It's some medal hall, a um, whole load of them have, Brian, isn't it? You know, between All Ireland's, like nine All Ireland's, you know, the, between, or, but then six All Stars, a player of the year, and then you've Henry with ten. Like, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever be seen again.
0: that's It's phenomenal, really, I suppose, you think about it like that, you know, and it's just a testament to the quality of players they were and what they achieved. They didn't achieve it easily. I mean, they worked massively hard for it. And. It wasn't a question of it coming easy all the time. We had some some great wins, but some of the some of the matches we won, some of the finals we won, there were just phenomenal challenges like and to stick with it and to keep going and to keep coming back year after year. But I mean it's it's they love doing it. They love playing it, they love playing the game and I mean people always talk about the pressures and all the rest of it, but I mean it's not a pressure coming training with with your county, it's not a pressure going out playing those matches with your county and that's just the kind of players that were. They never made a big deal about it they never look for this or look for that they love doing what we are doing and that's and that's the reason why they reap so, such rewards
2: but is, is that down to you Brian because like I mean I know they're all self-driven but how, how can you have lads like JJ and Henry who are all time greats but they have no egos
0: well I mean if you, you can't you can't put into somebody who's not kind of half, half more or less there anyway you know and I mean they, they are the, the fellas they are people bring their personalities with them they bring their characters with them and the uh, to just get together as a group then and to get on with it and to see the opportunities that are there and obviously it goes part and parcel with the ambition they have as well. I mean, they can be ambitious to be somebody special or somebody with a huge profile or they can be ambitious to be somebody who will go out and just do real things and get the rewards for that and that's the kind of players
2: that were. Yeah, it definitely was. Brian, thanks very much for, for joining the conversation. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Brian. Yeah, well, Take care, all the best. Thanks.
2: Great stuff from Brian there, JJ. He was in good form there. I think you bring out you bring out uh, the kind of cuddly side of Brian Cody.
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'd say. He's just missing the hurling at the moment now. So he's, he's just chat away all day about it, you know. But no, he's in great form. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. He, here, was, um, he, was, he was a great Great kind of mentor to myself as well. But he's kind of, um, he doesn't give himself full of credit either because he, he clipped, clipped our wings there when we were younger as well on a couple of occasions too. You know what I mean? Just keep your ego in check now. that like this stuff as well. So look, only for him, Uh, He's captain of the ship he was piping where the ship was going you know what I mean so he didn't mind who was on it as long as anyone was on it they're all going the right direction too you know yeah
2: because I know it's not probably part of your personalities but at the same time if you have a weak manager that could you know and everything that you've won egos can develop it's only natural
1: oh it is yeah yeah. especially if you win a couple of things there as well like you know what I mean and and what comes with that then too you know you have to and learn how to deal with that then as well like you know but no better man to um, kind of bring everyone back down there when in january he came again and he'll, he'll point out a couple of things that you you did you did wrong and the year previously you know like and, and what you have to work on too you know because complete hurler was is never born you know he, he can always improve on something so he always used to pick something and look nine times out of ten he was all right
2: yeah camira i want to talk to you about uh, fielding like i mean do you think that was the strongest part of your game
1: uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, it's, it's a huge advantage because you win that ball, it's just the moral your opponent there as well. Like, you know, when you get the ball caught off you too, it's, it's not, not a nice feeling. But look, you want to win the ball back for your own team and you can dictate where player's going to go there as well. And, you know, it's a huge thing all right now. It's kind of, I like, I like the individual one-on-one battles there as well. That It's you or him that's going to win it. So it's uh, whoever wants it more, really.
2: Right. And did they ever get to the stage where goalkeepers are actually avoiding your wing? You know just See, keep it away from
1: you in the air. Well, Kenny, like where do you pocket? it? Do you pocket it down on Tommy or do you poke it down <laughs> on Brian Hogan? You know, the kind of way, but every other in the final is it, funny when you look back. Is um, any, any opposition team used to start trying first getting the ball turned in, someone just start trying to start the fight with Tommy Welsh, then the puck will come down on top of him. He'd always get the first one, then I'd always get the second one there as well. So we knew if we win the first couple there and get the ball on the field to keep her. We're wondering where he's going to pocket after that, you know. The kind of so it's a huge thing for us to kind of, kind of focus in on the first five minutes that we do win the couple of pockets coming down first, and then you have to keep her scratching your head straight away, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. Nicky English has a great quote there I was reading, and he says, um, what stays with me is how his arm could seemingly grow at times. Just when it looked like someone was about to outreach him or the ball was going to pass over to him, over him, his hand would appear to extend a few inches and he'd come <coughs> down with the ball. So, said, oh no, have you got some sort of robotic arm or something? <laughs> I'd say it
1: was just, I never really caught the ball um, in front in front of my face, for can say. I used to always kiss the ball at the back of my head or you know kind of, I let the ball pass my opponent and actually catch it right at the, at the back for argument's sake so that was what probably Nicky would probably talk about really Adam, because yeah, the ball falling into your hand rather than your hand can the ball can hit in your hand directly on so it's actually falling into your hand really more all you do is just kind of clear the path to let that ball go back into your hand again I suppose that's what he is talking about right? but, um, but you wouldn't really yeah, be
2: looking at the ball at that stage then would you? You'd be more sensing where it is
1: You'd be sensitive where it is, yeah. Yeah, but look, if, a lot of times though the ball would hit your hand and fall down, but I never minded that because if the ball hits your hand and falls down, at least you know it's on the ground, whereas your opponent doesn't know where the ball has actually gone because he never got a touch on it. All right. So you're, you'll you be in a you have an advantage if the ball hits that ground. You, when it hits your hand, it's going to fall yard uh, radius around where you're, where you're standing anyway so yeah. get down get get over the ball and go on and win it again so I never really minded once I got to the hand of the ball I was never really too bothered to either catch it fully or actually felt it ground either way I was happy enough I knew where the ball was you know
2: Right, right, okay right, we'll leave it there um, JJ because Dan Shanahan joins us on the line now Dan, how's it going? Well thanks
3: well thank you mate
2: we're doing a tribute show to JJ Delaney, and we've just been talking about how he can fetch a ball out of the sky. Something you might know a thing or two about yourself.
3: <laughs> I, do guarantee I, do. I guarantee you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Like, you know, I wouldn't say he was ever a small man, but you know whatever it is down there with Kenny Holders especially JJ, the way they the, the fetch the ball overhead. I was six foot three. I suppose in my 20s, I was six foot four, but so, you know what I mean? that. <laughs> 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 Again, have- um the timing the timing from JJ was unbelievable and the kick backs, like you know, it was just like, you know, it was just they were all saying why why wouldn't a six foot four man catch a ball over five foot nine, five foot ten? You know, and you know, it's just unbelievable you could you could have all the training you want, but JJ timing was unreal in the air, like, you know, and um if you if you did he didn't catch it then you could get you, you were guaranteed
2: I wasn't going to catch, like you know. Right, right, okay. And like I mean, the 2004 match is the one that stands out for me because we all watched the 2004 Munster final recently on the television, and you destroyed uh, John Gardner in the first half in the air, um, the whole lot. Like I mean, and then you come up against DJ, like you or against JJ, like you said, and he's five inches shorter than you. And you yeah. know, he. It's just you think it's down to his timing or that he's a lefty.
3: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Because I think it's like you know, I suppose if be honest, the, the back has probably the advantage facing the ball, but the the foul coming from behind. But the forward is, is trying to get the timing right, like you know. So the back has that extra split second to maybe decide when he can go with the forward. Like you know, but James's timing was unbelievable. Because i just a second to none, like you know, and I, like you know, just I, I I always seem to get the wrong to speak the like you know. That James always sent to number seven, the number ten side, like you know. So, um, <laughs> Tommy, yeah. You know, Brian Hogan, but if I got one of them, it'd be just as good, like you know, as well, like you know. But I couldn't speak highly enough of JJ the way he's, the hunger he had for the game after winning nine All Ireland and to still come out and want to win again, like you know. But again, I thought he was excellent all round hurler, um, not only in the air but on the ground as well. His delivery, the ball, and his hunger to win was was second to none.
2: What are you thinking, JJ, in two thousand and four, after seeing Dan's performance in the in the Munster final and knowing how big he is? Like, I mean, I know you're telling us here that your tactics were to kind of stand behind, but that's a big risk with someone like Dan.
1: Yes, look, if you stand directly behind Dan, you six foot four. You're not going to see where the ball is going to come. So I kind of had to get take a couple of steps back and then uh, take a run and jump at him, really more than that, because um, I just wanted I wouldn't even see the ball around Dan because he's very imposing, very very strong and if I started wrestling with Dan, Dan would win that every day of the week, you know what I but I was very conscious that I'd have to go stick with Dan because he had a phenomenal muscle championship that that year and scored six goals from from wing forward as well, so he's obviously getting in goal-scoring opportunities there as well, so he was drifting in for the wing and I was very, very conscious going into the game that I couldn't let him go, like, you know what I mean, if he broke my eye off Dan for one second, he'd be in the full forward line, you know what I mean? so I had to track him wherever he went, really more than that and kind of done a a bit of a man job. I know noticed the anyone else on him because he was so dangerous that year. He was absolutely phenomenal. And like looking back at that, the Cork and Waterford for the game and he was just everywhere, you know. And I was conscious going into the game that, right, no matter where he goes, I'm going to have to follow him. I can't let him go because he's always in the right place at the right time. And that's not a coincidence. So I'm going to have to be there with him, you know. So that was my thinking going into the game.
2: Right. And what were you thinking watching those classic Munster matches? Because like uh, at the time, you weren't having classic Leinster finals or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was all about the Munster Championship.
1: Yeah, it was a huge, look, them Cork and Waterford games, look, you, always, you only have to be a hurling supporter to appreciate them. And I'm actually delighted i have seen them over the last couple of weeks there as well. And they're absolutely phenomenal games. You know, the two ga- two teams going at it, toe-to-toe, no quarter asked are given either. And there's a few individual performances in, in, in the different games. Different players stood up in, in every game that they played against each other as well. And they started to hide respect for each other. But there's two teams that you, you, could, you couldn't put money on whichever team was going to come out and top. But um, a phenomenal final. I used to love watching them games, to be honest with you. I was jealous that you wouldn't be actually involved in them games, you know. But especially in Turner as well, added to the whole thing, too, you know. But phenomenal performance by both of the players.
2: Yeah. When you think about it, Dan, like, I mean, there's the 2004 match, there's the 08 final, which didn't you didn't get going and you beat them in a league final. Was the 2004 match, you know, conceding the goals like that, is that one you'd kind of remember as one that you had a chance of winning?
3: Yeah, you would. Um, we just didn't play well. going back as a team, to be honest, with you in the most of the championship we were playing well. But JJ said something there. A lot of us just sometimes individual. Do you know what I mean? One for played well, one day another flat but we never seemed to keep like, my four or five of our forwards on, on the one on, on any on any given day. Like you know, nice. and that was a big team. I suppose that we didn't get over the line. We seem to play well in, in four, two or three was, when six of us never seemed to keep. Like you know, on big days that um we get over the likes of Kilkenny Kenny and other big teams in, in above and cove park like you know and in the most the Muster championship is great I suppose Cock and Waffle over the years would have had a massive rivalry in in Torless like you know but Cock whatever to the bottom, could go on and beat King Kenny but waffle struggled do you know what I'm saying to you like you know and yeah. that was maybe a factor I, I remember the games we used to play against Kilkenny the league final I suppose when you get to the league final and JJ tell you you want to win it and I think we got lucky breaks that day we were that big fitter it was winter hurling as well a bit heavy on the ground I think glad to only come back as well. So we, we were really up for that game. But um again, like you know, as the year goes on goes on, like you know, I can assure you Brian Cody and Jenny Kelly Father heat the wall for beating Kelly twice in one year, like you know, and you know, but it's again for me, I mean, we just didn't play well as a team on the big days against Kilkenny, like when, when myself and Finn and Milan and Kelly would come together and shine on the one day it didn't happen for us, like you know.
2: Was that something that she would have been aware of, JJ, that, you know, block out their kind of, you know, strike forwards, and it's not like their link-up play necessarily is great, they're just brilliant individually.
1: Yeah, look, you're conscious of of, of um, the six forwards that they had, and um, we were just hoping they wouldn't kick, as what Dan was saying, we were hoping, going into the game against them, that we hoping that, that four or five wouldn't kick the same day, because they did, they'd blow anyone out of the water. and. And that was kind of the same, right? We each individual, battle, we're kind of we're trying to get on on, on top of our guy and off. You know, um, the lad next door is going to do the same thing to to the for Waterford forward as well. Like you know, so yeah, we're hugely conscious of, of the ability they have. It was was unbelievable. Like you know, like you know, and through we the greatest horrors um, to, to never win in Ireland, I think it's a. Because again, if, if we didn't win it, we wanted them to win it too. You know, they kind of can because it was, I know if the company or not, but it's, it's everyone's everyone's second favorite team. When your own team got knocked out, you wanted the Watford to want to win it. You know, so it's um, yeah, we're, we're very aware of, of what the ability they had, like you know, but we're just kind of individually, We had to kind of get on top of each individual positions. That's what we're trying to do.
2: Just one other quote, uh, Dan, that I'm after passing over is you said JJ Delaney was a, another great man to feel the ball either side of his man. What did you mean by that?
3: Yeah, JJ could do it any anyway, like you know, either I had a habit, um, and JJ knows I'm playing the hurley and I was actually very good at it, actually. but where, where the, the back had come past me and I played the whole and, and I'd be gone inside him straight away, like, you know, and I think he told me he could do both, like, you know, he he knew he couldn't give me stay to my right if you know what I'm saying saying I I could play his hurley. But it's it's so hard sometimes to mark a different different lad that's holding the hurley the opposite way, like, you know, it's coming from a different angle. But the lads I would have been marked and what come with my same same goals myself, like JJ was kind of a kid dog come across that way, like, you know, but again, you know, it's, it's you know, as JJ said something there, that my movement that day maybe wasn't up, that I didn't bring JJ around the field enough, bring him out towards midfield and that, that, that day, I think I caught one ball and there's one picture stands on a mile where Noel Hickey and JJ were on top of me back, like, you know, that's the way it continues. I said to him, I, I look at the picture later and I just, I just said to him, there's no way I could catch the ball, Noel Hickey and JJ on me back, I said, oh, so because you catch it. <laughs> it was okay, a 3 out that ball. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like, no one did, it, just, it wasn't free but I got nothing that day. But, but again, um, it's it just, it, it just uh, no, I think that day at 0 4, that Flinders got 12 or 13 points, and Jack Kennedy came on and got three. And, yeah. uh, like myself, and Owen Kelly, and three of the bigger lads, Milan didn't play well that day. Like, you know, and to beat Kilkenny, you have to, we especially No, nowadays even, we have to have 20 players playing well. You know, and if you, don't, if, you, if you don't have 20 players playing well, like, you know,
2: Kilkenny to win games, maybe 10 players playing well, but for off to the win them against Kilkenny, you, you have to have your whole panel playing well to beat them, like, you know. Is, is that kind of a feature of playing against Kilkenny, Dan, is with their backs, that there, are, there was always a second lad to help out. JJ explains to us on the show about defending as a group, you know, and couldn't coming across if it's on one side, you know, and different things like that. That you,
3: you,
2: if, you, if you went past one fella, there was always a covering fella.
3: Hundred percent. I mean, like, I mean, rarely did I catch a ball at JG and if I was going past Martin Finley was on top of me or what or was down that wing getting near me as well. Like, you know, I was watching the league. I would have studied a lot with Derek when I, in the management side of it we would have looked back at Kilkenny games where Walter Wilson was back in the half back thing. In some of the games clearing the ball. Like, you know, he was he was named in the half hour You so know, he was back centre back right. clearing the ball. So the walk, their work ethic was unbelievable. Like, you know, I I don't know, was it tactical or was it just, I, I just think personally, because all the work ethic, wanted to get, wanting to get the ball and to use it because they had serious forwards when they won the ball and battles at the back. They had serious forwards to, to, to trouble up front. Like.
2: Yeah, no, there was. Come here, you liked a little bit of friendly trash talk, um, as we know, Dan, on the field. Any kind of uh, guff out of JJ and yourself, No.
3: No, no, no guff. Uh, well, I was lucky I said it, I went to uh, Singapore with JJ. <laughs> there was a Singapore, I think to Singapore in the Oscar. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I say nothing, JJ, but uh, no, we no, a great crack, boy. No, <laughs> <so bad. laughs> but, uh, no it, we had a great crack, boy, and um, last year I was lucky enough and he gave me JJ going to the copper and he got me in. Like, they the one laying me in, and he came along and got me in there, so <laughs> it's a nice to see it. Go on. But... Uh, so it was just, 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 just uh, like you know just, I can't say like you know I ever got the better of JJ but again like you know I always enjoy playing them, like you know because you're, you're, you're a Mackinac defenders in the country
2: did, did any of those Kilkenny defenders like a bit of uh, trash talk?
3: Not really to be honest with you I, I never had, had any like you know if I passed JJ Jackie Thor like you know behind them and you know, if, if you pass him, you'll do a leaky coming to you. You know, he was serious, serious. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, and Tommy was just a winner, like Tommy Wills was... I was reading there something when Henry said there later, that he wanted to play every game. Like, you know, he was so enthusiastic to play every game. He wanted to win every game. Like, you know, look, and you must give the lads credit. I didn't buy it down there. That JJ has 900 meds, I think. And, you know, to, to have the hunger to keep coming back every year, he's phenomenal, like, you know, and the way he slipped from wing back to full back, like, you know, and that massive hook on Seamus Cannon, I think. You know, that's, that's just, that's just, that's just unbelievable, I don't believe the
2: problem I do know Yeah no there's no doubt it absolutely was Dan thanks very much for joining the call Thanks Dan uh, I don't
3: know, uh, Thanks yeah I don't know what I see you this year in copper I don't think <laughs> You never you know, know man. You never know Which was the 21st guy Thanks Dan Thanks very much Mike. See you then sure, Thanks Dan <laughs> Bye bye bye, bye.
2: Great stuff from Dan there, JJ. I cannot believe that Dan couldn't get into coppers. these well, coppers are letting their standards slip if Dan Shanahan can't get in there. Uh,
1: there was a bad form. I couldn't believe when I seen him outside. He said, come on, we're going in here now. Or, if you're not going in, we're, none of us are going in. So um, yeah, he came in anyway, he got in and so he had a good night after it. Uh,
2: well, like I can guarantee you Kyle Jackson was not on the door if Dan no, had no, no, he yeah, wasn't. That, to be fair. That, like, yeah, that yeah. makes a little bit of sense. Come here JJ, this is the end of the tribute show. I have 10 questions um, yep. to ask you. And we'll, no run, we'll run through these uh, rapid fire and uh, see how we get on. Right, so question one. If you weren't playing for Kilkenny, what county would you have liked to play for?
1: you um, <laughs> probably have to go, again, sort of said it Dan, second favourite team, Waterford, there, 2000, 2008, uh, to the characters around that team was unbelievable, a great crack after the, after the games but not only that the players they had um, Ken McGrath Tony Brown all these are absolutely phenomenal John Milan, phenomenal hurdles as well so I'd like to be involved in, in a team like that now yeah right okay your worst ever game uh, probably got about 2007 Alan Curran's got four points after he was took off the quarter final um, we are playing Wexford in semi-final probably a week after very very close to it and I was kind of anxious enough looking at the team sheet when it was coming up, to be honest with you. I didn't know I was going to get uh, the starting semi final, but lucky enough, I did.
2: Really? And that's the, mm. that's the year coming back after your cruise ship.
1: Yeah, was well, 2007. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. OK, most difficult opponent? Most difficult opponent, uh, probably Ken McGrath um, from Walford and Owen Kelly from Tipperary. Two different players, but Fiscali, the two brought to the table. Oh, Ken McGrath was brilliant in the air. And Owen Kelly, if you didn't get the ball for Owen Kelly, you weren't going to get the ball as simple as that.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely gone. OK, number four, Sign if you could sign one player for Kilkenny during your time with them,
1: who would it be? Uh, again, Ken McGrath. Um, one of my favourite her I've ever seen. He could do it all, the backs, the forwards, the midfielder, anywhere. He was just a national player and, he was a leader as well and a uh, brilliant brilliant hurler. Um yeah, no, I'd like to love to play with Kemergrath.
2: Okay, great stuff. Number five, your favourite position or your best position?
1: Favorite position probably wing back number seven. Um probably never never hit that. Um you're involved in the game all the time there as well. And if you want to go attack, you can attack, you have that bit of freedom rather than full back, you know. And um no, I just like to be involved in the game, so you poke outs as well. Yeah. Um, you're involved in the game a lot more. So yeah, definitely number seven.
2: Okay, number six, the hardest stroke, dirtiest player you've marked. And I mean dirtiest in the nicest possible way.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably <laughs> two that stands out now was um, Henry Sheffield in training to Kenny um, and Owen Kelly then February. Tipperary. Two of them would just fight to nail for the ball. and um, Didn't mind if you wanted to go dirty with them, they'd do it. If you want to hurl, then hurl as well. But that's why they're so good. Um they never took lying down either to be fair to him, you know they could give it and dish it out and take it but no definitely to them. Henry for any strand and then um, O'Killy for brave as that
2: Jesus I can't believe that like they're the two best players I could think of no, I wasn't right. thinking the hardest players
1: yeah but again like you have to be if you want to be up to that kind of level yeah. you're not going to be pushed around you're not going to be and then players are mentally strong as well and they're not going to let you let a back come around and push them around the place. Still stand up for themselves as well. Fizzly strong men as well and won't kill you. Big, massive legs on I mean, them. You couldn't move them at all, you know, no. you so it's, it's, no, not two phenomenal players.
2: Okay, question number seven. The best advice Brian Cody ever gave you?
1: Um, Brian, yeah, just kind of go over and uh, go out and take over the field. That's what he always used to say before the games. Um you're not restricted to, and he alluded to in, in the conversation as well, you're not restricted to number seven. If you go, give your, give your teammates a dig out whenever you can there as well. And he said if you're clearing the ball in the number two position or number five position, you're actually getting involved in the play and you're actually playing well. So don't be just pigeonhole yourself just at number seven. Get around the field and do what's best for the team.
2: Okay, number eight. The Tipperary player you most admired from 2009
1: to 2014? I suppose taking on out of the situation, probably Poddy um left hander hurler as well and he's just he's dominating games for the last few years Um, probably most influential tip player over definitely the last 10 years brilliant, brilliant player brilliant in the air can go up the field and score as well to be fair to him so no, very, very good player
2: All right, okay number nine what other manager would you like to have played under?
1: Um, I suppose brother Damien It was a huge influence my second half of my career Um, uh, he he was involved in the minor teams I was obviously overage for for a few but with him all manager or that I would love to be in playing Um but off the field even when he wasn't involved in any teams I was in huge influence my career i probably dedicate the second half of my career to brother Damien as well because only for him I probably wouldn't have done what I've, I would have done in the second half of my career because he just kind of Mentally, kind of got me in a in a good good state of mind. Um, kind of remind me of what was important. Uh, remind me how to go back and, and enjoy him playing the game as well, which was a huge thing. That was probably 2008, 2009, and over win a couple of irons. But um, I was just going through the motions really. And his direction now, kind of definitely the second half of my career. Only for him, I wouldn't have been saying until 2014.
2: I'd say. All right, very interesting. And last one, number ten. Where do you keep your medals and your all stars?
1: Medals, I don't know where they are, to be honest, which is no place <laughs> any different. And uh, the all stars are on me, the, mat- the piece of home because all of them. I go, when they're going home, I, I can see them there as well. Like, you know, that's the only reason I know they're there. But the medals, I don't know where they are, to be honest.
2: So you have your player of the year in the middle and then three all stars on, on either side of the player of the year. Is that right? Is that the
1: formation? Uh, I don't know the formation. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'll take him next time I'm at home. I'll take him, it
2: JJ, thanks very much. You the first tribute show, and it was a great one. And I suppose from everybody listening and from myself, congratulations on an Absolutely brilliant career It's been a great start To our new tribute series
1: Thanks very much Cheers And when I started running I suppose I didn't stop And when I got the chance to go I said I would stay going So it opened up We are only the small Little fish out there So we are on there We're trying hard to make it Through but it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know and it's just I'm delighted that the lads the lads did it for the people of Walford today because like I am I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken.